Hello, and welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and today we're going to do a bit of a catch up on our Real Housewives of Salt Lake City um, coverage. And of course, as always, we're going to have some good behind the scenes gossip and, and all the stuff that you've come to love from listening to this show. So as you know, we had the holidays slip in there. A very Merry Christmas to everyone. And I hope that you will have the most prosperous and wonderful 2021. We've got lots in store for you with the podcast. Some I'll even talk about a little bit later. But of course, you're tuned in to the Housewives. I will have uh, my co-host of all things housewives call in Sharita Palin. So we will dish some dirt and just have a great time talking about these housewives as we always do. So as we wait for Sharita to come on and she'll be on any second now, I am going to give you a little behind the scenes gossip. Looks like she entered the studio, so she'll be calling up soon. So I'm going to give you some behind the scenes gossip. Sadly, we know that a lot of our behind the scenes gossip, it always has something to do with Mary, right? We say there's something about Mary. Well, before I even talk about that, I am going to welcome our guest. Sharita, you there? I'm here. All hear right, me? so we've got Sharita on the line, so we are just going to get started. Sharita, I was telling them, uh, telling the audience already about how, of course, we always have some behind the scenes dish, and why is it always about Mary? There, like you said, there's something about Mary. <laughs> there really Perfectly. is. Perfectly. I mean, and, and when she does the eyeball thing and all of that. The eyeball thing with the lip purse. She purses the <laughs> lips and then she does the eyes, yes. And, and you know, it's funny because I talked about it in episode uh, 45, and we missed you, by the way. Uh, I talked about the whole thing when they were at the table. And Jen kept saying, and don't do your eyes at me. And it's funny <laughs> because people were like, why does she keep saying it? I totally got it. Yes. She does the eyes quite frequently. Yeah. It's, very, it's, it's, it's like, the eyes and it's the face. She makes very strong facial expressions. Yeah. And, she, and, and a lot of times, even though I think when she does the eye thing, it's almost like she's trying to act like she's surprised or um, I'm going to try and move back from the mic because I know I'm going to come in really loud, that she is surprised or in shock. But I think it's just a lot of shade when she does it. it it's just become her thing. Um, it's probably something she does when she's at the church. And uh, yeah, it's wild, but we're not going to dwell on uh, Mary too long. I just wanted to give the audience this behind the scenes tweet that Mary tweeted to someone named Maya Harris. So it would be very interesting to know if Maya Harris has some relation to Mary, because as, as we've discussed before, Mary's married name was uh, Harris her married name to the person before Robert that she doesn't talk about. 
So, um, but anyway, this Maya Harris uh, tweeted to Mary, and Mary's not quite as active on social media as the rest of them, but she said, uh, did you really say the 7-Eleven comment that Jen mentioned? So this was Mary's response. Now, Sharita has read this, so she knows I am not putting on with this. It is very hard to read, but I'm going to read it exactly the way Mary wrote it. Okay. No, I never said that to Jen. She's lies. You will see she adds on the she has no rollback tape, no text. Just threw me out there with the trash. And yes, Jen was lying. I never said that to her. I never been to her house in my life, except NYC. She wanted to be something. She has lost what her platform or her point in life is she showing the world lies. I said not to her, but this was off camera, not even a cast yet. It was late. We was together and in NYC, there was a convent store. I didn't go in. First, I didn't need anything and I felt it was dangerous. She takes that and says 7-Eleven, there are no black man in Utah, so 7-Eleven. The black man, she just added that in there. I promise you, if I can be truthful about who Mary is, I'm showing everyone why I don't know. It just felt like my grandmother's story should deserves to be told. I would tell you honest. I did not say that. If you notice that someone makes a comment that strong, they will roll the tape back of me telling her they never once did because it's a lie. Please know better. You can feel me. I'm being real. Thank you for asking me. That was very kind. No, Jen's trying to shoot at me. I wish she would go somewhere and leave me alone. I really do. LOL. Sending love a heart. M. Now, I'm not going to spend too much time with us trying to dissect that because uh, it, it would give us a, a ice cream headache. But I, I'm going to just say the same thing that I said before um, about this. Even on the show, when she said she didn't say it, she admitted it in her confessional. And the same thing in this tweet. She's saying she didn't say it, but in the same tweet says they had this conversation in New York before they were cast members. Therefore, there would be no tape. Exactly. So you're still saying you said it. Now, I get that she may feel that uh, Jen may have put 20 on 10 in terms of adding a little bit to it. Like maybe the men were black. Mary didn't say black, but Jen inferred that because of the individuals that were standing in front of the store. Like you don't have to say the word black, but if everybody there is black, I get your point. Um. I, I think it's just one of those things where it's it just it doesn't make anybody look good. And as I said last week, Mary is just going to pretty much play the victim on this. The other cast members aren't going to touch it because too white, too scared. 
Um, most of the viewing audience, certainly the white audience is going to go over their heads and they'll just feel like Jen is trying to inject race where it shouldn't be. So um, it, it's just one of those things where nobody wins. Because like I talked about on the last episode, the other ladies aren't going to talk about it, number one, because... A, they're never going to really get that whole like interracial piece. So it does not affect them. And even if they were capable of understanding it, it still goes deeper than they would ever have to go because it's an intraracial thing as opposed to interracial. Um, you know, so it, it's, it just makes people too uncomfortable because it's too inside. And of course you have black people who say that Jen is not totally inside just because she has a black husband, black kids. And you know, that's a whole other thing. So anyway, that is Mary's response. I don't think it necessarily cleans anything up, but hell, I had fun reading the tweet. Um, you know, I, I was able to do it because I read it a few times. What did you think when you read it, Sharia? You don't want my answer on that one, but no, I understand. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say something that I'm being okay. Proper. I just, yeah, I have a hard time. I have a hard time when people don't proofread and I'm not saying a grammatical or a spelling no, error here or there. This was a proofreading thing. This, this is a whole other level of something. Yeah. So that bothered me altogether. So you already lose me or I'm already now looking at it side eye when I can't understand what you're saying. But I understood exactly what you said. She's saying there's no tape, but this was before the show actually came to fruition, or at least before they started actual taping. So there would be no tape. Do I believe Jen pulled it out thin air? No. Did she say everything that Jen, did Jen kind of add to the story and fluff it up? Possibly. But you gave her something to have a reference to. Well, and she admits it. I mean, she admits it. She, in the tweet, even when in saying it didn't happen, she said it did happen, although maybe there was a little extra stank put on it. We, we get that. I mean, it's like telephone that I'm not even going to beat Jen over the head too much with that, because I really think that when you're selling a story and you're mad at somebody or whatever, that 20 on 10 piece is going to happen. Um and you have the fact that on the show, in her confessional, simultaneously with, um, you know, the episode airing, she said that she does, you know, those are two things she don't mess with. She don't mess with, um, she doesn't mess with uh, hospitals and convenience stores. <laughs> and she did say it was dangerous because when she said it was dangerous, I was like, which one, the hospital or the convenience store? Mm-hmm. Um but again, it, as we said, it's something about Mary, and I'm I'm just not going to keep going down the rabbit hole with her on that one because mm-hmm. last week I discussed it probably for about a good twenty minutes, and not so much what she said, but just the overall issue around it and how it just 
is a road to nowhere with this group of women. Now, if Mary were willing to actually engage and go back and forth with Jen on it, then that would be one thing. I mean, the other women still would be incredibly uncomfortable and probably not say anything because we're not talking about like, white women from the East Coast like you and I know, like some some New York women or, you know, just some even Jersey where they might not contribute much, but they would uh, be a part of the conversation. You, you yes. and I have friends who would be like, well, I mean, I could see whatever, whatever. But we're talking Utah. This is uh, this this is super white. And it's a brand new show. They're not going to engage in anything that they don't have to. And quite frankly, I don't blame them. Right now, Whitney, Meredith, Lisa, and Heather, in varying degrees, depending on whose personality you like the best. I mean, of course, I like the party girls, so I like Whitney and Heather. But all of them, for the most part, are sitting in the catbird seat in terms of um, the audience not really, the audience kind of liking them. I mean, everybody, they all pretty much have a team, you know, Team Whitney, Team Heather. Um, some people don't feel the same way about Lisa as you and I do. Um, Meredith actually has a very, from what I could see on Twitter, she's got, a uh, people pretty solidly liking her. Um, and I must admit that, uh, besides a couple of little hiccups, mostly having to do with her son, who I absolutely can't stand. Um, I, I, I have liked Meredith more as time goes on. I know that we may get into a little bit more mess with her relationship. And, and I don't know if I'm necessarily feeling some of that, but Mer Meredith as a character, a member of the cast, um, I'm feeling her as the um, sort of older sister matriarch that you kind of need in this group. She's, you know, maybe not, she's not going to read anybody or be as jazzy as Lisa Vanderpump or, you know, uh, bring the shade like a Karen Huger, but she is very much in that uh, matriarch role. Like if they were on The View, she would be sitting in whoopee seat. Yes. Uh, what do you think uh, with Meredith? Did I yeah. hit it? Yeah. So, and, and so, like I said, Lisa, yes, yeah, she can be annoying. And in the last two episodes, particularly the last one, extra annoying, but I know that people still like her because she, you know, she's got the tequila thing and the jazziness and whatever. And then, of course, you know, Whitney can just, unless she just does something crazy, she can just do no wrong with me right now. I love her clothes. I love her on the pole. Um, <laughs> I want to go to parties with her because Whitney gets it in. And um, and Heather, too. I mean, Heather is, has just gone through a divorce, and it's not an ordinary divorce. So we get why why she goes snuffleupagus on us sometimes. Um, and excuse me, ultimately us seeing maybe a bit too much of that 
same conversation over and over to be Mormon or not to be Mormon. Um, I think that that's really, I mean, it's an editor thing. I mean, she's just having a conversation. They're the ones that keep putting these long scenes about it in the episodes. I mean, I think we get it. (laughs) So let's move on and get to the cast trip and get some stuff going because this is a group who, um, you know, they've, they've got some sparks, but right. But ultimately they're still first season. We really need to see them uh, together, get getting back together again um, mm-hmm. more often. I think that um, they gave us so much juice in those first three or four episodes, and maybe that's it. We just expect this show to be like fireworks every 10 minutes because episodes one through four were like a whirlwind. Like I felt tired by the time I finished watching it. Like, damn. They because remember the first four episodes, they came on each episode continuing whatever party or fight from the episode before. And then by the end of that episode was starting another party or whatever. Literally episodes one, two, three, and four went that way. Um, And pretty much the top of episode five, because the top of episode five was finishing up, um, finishing up the Met Gala brunch. So I think, uh, Right now, we're probably seeing the amp up to the cast trip because it's my understanding. Oh, my goodness. My printer has decided to get a life. Um, So I think that that's what we're going to see. But let's get into the episode. Okay, episode five began kind of funny. Um, I called it Don't Be Ashamed of Stew Chains. So... (laughs) So episode, I'm sorry, episode six. So episode six is all about everybody getting ready for, um, hi, Daniel. Uh, Episode six is all about everybody getting ready for um, Sundance Film Festival. And I'm telling you, I already told uh, Monet, who is our stylist extraordinaire, we're going to Sundance next time. Corona, if it's not in, girl, we going to Sundance. Because Monet goes every year. She said, "If uh, she's like, we were in a house, we go in the Sundance. I was like, yeah, I, I, we'll hold your bags. So. Yeah. I will be valet. Uh, exactly. I will be, be second assistant. Yes. Okay. We, could, we can just broadcast live from there. We'll go see the girls. I'm sure Jen will be happy to show us a good time. Stop by Heather's spot. I have a feeling that we show up. Heather be down with partying with us. Yes. Um, so the episode starts off with Lisa making sure that her hubby is at her beck and call as she makes her plans. Apparently, she has a company called Lux Marketing. She claims she's so busy during Sundance. She's the queen of Sundance. She said some people call her that. According to Katie and Lala, who are from that area, um, you know, Katie and Lala from Vanderpump Rules, and we yes. saw them come on there, they're like, who are these people? <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, even though she's our girl, remember season one when Karen said that people call her the grand dame of Potomac. And I told you, I knew like a bunch of people in Potomac. They're like, who does that? <laughs> like, we don't know these people and we live here. 
I mean, like, we don't know who calls her the grand dame, so they feel the mm -hmm. same way about that. Um, nothing much with Lisa. What were your thoughts about Lisa during that episode? I, I just felt like it was much ado just to be like, I'm so busy. Look at what I'm doing. And I, I couldn't even figure out, like, are you an event? planner are you the marketer because at one point you're like putting tables together like what is what are what do you do well exactly i mean i guess in her event planning company to keep costs down she doesn't have many employees her husband's her free employee but <laughs> try and figure that one out i was like i okay, mean so you long suffering free employee he looks like he would be good with getting fired yes and and Please we and we're Please definitely going to get more into that in episode seven because I, I didn't get the impression that he was feeling her in the, the way that scene ended. I mean, he's the nice, mild-mannered thing, and they're doing the whole, you know, perfect Mormon family thing. So I don't think that he would do any, you know, he's going to say but so much on camera, but he's also one who's, um, whatever he's feeling, he does not hide very well. Yes. His um, face could tell that he was over oh, it yeah. and her by the end of that. Yes. By far the most sincere person of the two in that scene, because we know that Lisa is very aware um, of the cameras. Uh, they all are. I think the, the ones who are probably um, the most real, uh, it, you know, looks notwithstanding, because they all have all kinds of crap done. But if I had to say who I felt was the most real, I would say that particular husband, because <laughs> he couldn't yeah. hide how he was feeling in that moment. Um, and we've seen him kind of again, just seem like the long-suffering husband, but you know, he's not going to go anywhere, the whole Mormon thing. Um, Heather, of course, um, yes. I think she's, I think she's very real, sometimes a little bit too real, because Lord, when we get to the part with her flirting with that guy. <gasps> that yeah, with the cameras there, I was like, yeah. Oh I think she, gosh, I did, I, th I thought she forgot for a minute. I think she forgot the cameras were there for a moment. <laughs> Or maybe she was trying to do a little extra because of the cameras. But again, even, and that's the funny thing with Heather, but makes her, endears her to me, even in that very cringy mess. Because I think that she was trying to put on for the cameras, but because that is so not her, that the realness of her, awkward i haven't been in the dating world i don't know how to do this i'm damn near 50 and like have diarrhea of the mouth when i meet a cute guy that ended up coming through which however cringeworthy it was made me like her even more because i was like she is trying so hard and i just oh i wanted to i just Girl, if you and I were there, we would not have been like the rest of them cheering her on. We we would have been like, "Boo, come on, come on, come on, come on, pull her to the side." At least tell her to calm down a little bit. Just yeah, a little bit. Just just tone it down a little bit. You can still flirt, but you're just tone it down a, a smidge. 
And let's face it, and this is no shade to Heather because in fairness, she looked good. Yeah, she did. That party. We all said that was the night we were all chatting on um, on the Facebook page and said that that was like the best she's looked, like in the little party outfits. I mean, she looked mm -hmm. gorgeous at the baby shower, too. She rocked that pantsuit, that 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 uh, white jumpsuit. That was yeah. good, too. But when she came in there and the legs were showing and all of that, because Heather's not fat. She's just solid. She's like a freaking warrior princess or something, like Xena. Yes, I mean, taller. Yeah, she's shapely. She's yeah, curvy. She's a good girl. I mean, she's one of those people that no matter what the diet, no matter how the working out or whatever, she's going to be shaped that way. It it just sometimes it just may be tighter or looser than others. Hi, Eunice. So um, yeah, so that's the thing with her. So we'll we'll get to that later because that was wild. So Meredith. Um, this again, way too much of Brooks. Meredith, uh, of course, is showing her jewelry because apparently this is the first time that they have had the fashion show, um, had Fashion Week in Park City, but of course they did it in conjunction with Sundance because, of course, all the who's who and hoi beloy will be there. So they decided to do. Um, to do a fashion week. It's the first one. Of course, Meredith has a shop there. Apparently, it is, as she told us in episode one, and of course, she wouldn't, these people would have come out already and said that she was bullshitting. Like, she apparently, you know, when the folks come out, her jewelry is a fave. So, obviously, she was included in the show, used some influence, got her son in the show, and we all know he took the semester off college so he could try to be the eighth housewife, the seventh being the Mormon church. So, what did you think of that black dress she came out in? Now, the one that she ended up modeling in in episode seven, which we'll get to, wasn't great. But that uh, Elvira, Princess of the Dark. Horrible. One word, horrible. Or I mean, in Spanish, tan horrible. <laughs> and, and black velvet is never... You know, especially in in the holiday season or or just areas that look holidayish, black velvet, especially in the holiday se season, evening affair, is never something where you would say, "Oh, absolutely, never, ever, ever." It's just a matter of how it's done because since it is oh, something yeah. that is always around, you run the risk of it being dated. Yes. Um, nowadays, you will see people doing a lot, maybe doing elements of the black velvet on the dress, because if the dress is a full black velvet, the design has to be something that we have never seen before. And then you add in that case, you got long sleeves and what have you. And then she's got very strong features. Um, mm -hmm. And if I recall, she wasn't like fully made up in the scene. Hi, Ernest. Uh, it was very, it was very cringeworthy. It was. 
Yeah, it, and it, it really dragged, it, it like, oof, it was bad. So it's really And without the makeup, she looked very pale, very, just ter yeah. terrible, as I'm going to say yeah, in Spanish. It, it was, it was really bad. And then Brooks was upset because his sibling couldn't be there. Okay, hon. Well, she had to go back to school. It's not like everybody took the semester off like he did. And um, it was really funny because I think it was the mom who said, Brooks has always loved fashion. And I, I wrote in my notes, stereotype much? <laughs> Next you're going to say, and before he decided to become a fashion designer, he was thinking about being a florist. I was like, <laughs> and all of this fashion show fuss for uh, athletic wear, so you know what this was to me. I was like, where was Sheree? Why couldn't they she get by Sheree? By Sheree? <laughs> I love she by Sheree. <laughs> but, a fashion show with no fashions. Well, okay. he had fashions at least. <laughs> but remember, Sheree told us she was coming out with some joggers. Well, if she has joggers and then he's got, she could have brought some Who's Gonna Check Me Boo t-shirts. Remember she had those? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I say get Sheree's joggers, the Who's Gonna Check Me Boo t-shirts, and Brooks, and you've got, well, I guess you got two outfits, but but we don't even, at this point, we didn't even know that, so we're jumping ahead. Well, you know what? I don't care. We could talk about that, because we, we could just mix in episode seven on this one. Can you believe all of that fuss for one sweatsuit? Sweatsuit. I did notice if you one. look again, his was a little bit different than all the rest of the models. So one and a half, maybe he has a different top. Yeah, the pants were all the same. Like the pants were put, all the same. Yeah, it looked yeah. like he put some stripes on it or yes. something. Some yes, kind I of, yeah. And I had the quote from Jen when he came down. It, it was so funny when um Jen said, and the funny thing is, in this instance, and I don't I, I will defend her to the death on this one. I honestly do not feel like she was being deliberately shady when Jen said, Does one tracksuit make a fashion line? Hopefully he will make another one and I can wear that one. And the reason why I said I don't feel like she was being shady is because she specifically said, unlike everybody else, I bought it. I bought that one and I have been wearing it for wearing months. It. So yeah. she came like, and clearly she likes to spend money on clothes. It seemed like Jen came like, uh, dude, you missed out because I came in here ready to support you and order some more shit. And, but she asked a legit question because literally everybody. Very legitimate. Down. It was a very legitimate question. So, yeah, but way too much Brooks, especially considering what we got. And he acted like such a brat. Oh, my gosh. I, oh, getting him to the show? Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, my and he goodness. was late. And, and then there was something he was looking for in the house. And he was like, Mom. And my, I don't know who told him that that was going to endear him to the audience. Um, I think that it, they shot a lot of him because she is not exactly the most exciting character. Um, She's not. Huh? Very sweet. 
she's very sweet, but not the most exciting. No, and like I said, and I, I don't want to cast aspersions on anybody, so I will just say what it looks like to me. I swear it, it, it depends on the moment they catch her. Now, usually in her confessionals, and we know just based on the clothing, the confessionals are typically filmed like in one or two days. Like basically yes. they have the footage, they bring the wives in for the confessionals, they see stuff, not to mention the producers will be like, okay, well, what about when such and such happened or this person said this or that? And of course, at that point, Time has gone by. They know they're going to show up. So they have time to for um, the rehearsed reads. Uh, as we know, Nini and Phaedra were famous for the rehearsed reads. I always said that part of the reason why they would get to the reunion and suddenly Nini would be like, I'm, I'm just ignoring you. I don't have anything to say, blah, 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 is because at that point, you have to be on the spot. You, you don't have the rehearsed reads. And then yeah. and the same thing with Phaedra. There's been people that have come out specifically saying they helped her write her reads. That's why they were so good rolling off the tongue. Like when she read Kenya that time at the reunion. Oh, yes. It, for it the, um, a the donor. Yes, that was a devastating, devastating read. read. That absolutely, despite my feelings for Phaedra, deserves its place in Housewives history. History? Oh, definitely. Literally, to only be replaced, it took a long time. Just but got replaced. I know which one you were going to say. Just got replaced. Got replaced. I just, I just posted that on the IG um, chat page, and that's why I said, I said, Phaedra held the gauntlet, held the title for years. Until we came by years, because nobody else read at a reunion ever came close to Phaedra's to Kenya that time. Kenya's yeah. face, yeah, her face had to get picked up that time. Yeah. And, and again, we know that she, you know, had rehearsed reads because as mm -hmm. sometimes Phaedra, you could tell she would start reading somebody, you'd be like. I don't even know if that exactly has anything to do with what we're talking about. But that one, I guess, because there's certain things you know you're going to cover. So mm -hmm. even if you come with a read ready, written by, you know, you go with your gay friends and you sit down and you write your reads, uh, get your good Judy's come together. Um, there's some stuff you know you're going to cover. And given the conflict between her and Kenya, it was it was going to be on time no matter when she did it. Exactly. Same, like with Monique and Giselle. Yes. But speaking of that, we got to get to that show it, it, to watch in uh, an hour or so. So we'll finish this up, guys. See, this is what's great about me and Sharita. We are literally housewife connoisseurs. Forget what the others say. We watch <laughs> all. And the ones, and ones that... She doesn't watch, I watch, and ones that I don't watch, she watch. So we got them covered. Yeah. So even Dallas, I've I've watched Dallas for years now. I did fall off last season, but of course I wasn't doing the podcast. So if you guys want me to watch Dallas, I may come back on. I do want to see what they're going to do. They've got some new women and um, the main antagonist is gone because of the whole racial remarks thing with her. So um I forget her name, but she's she's gone. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Other than that, we do we do have them all covered, right? We we, yes, we do. Them. 
Yes, yeah. we do. Between you and I. Mm -hmm. yeah, New Jersey, um, I think you are a little bit more up on New York than I am. New York loses me sometimes. New York, I have my, I come and go, but I still probably watch 50% or more of the seasons every season. They now, lose me on some episodes. I do think that New York might be an interesting watch because um, New York might be an interesting watch because it is very clear that they are between Leah and the African-American woman they're bringing on. I want to say her name is Ebony, but I, I hope I'm right because that would be real ignorant for me to just assume a sister's name is Ebony. But I, <laughs> I do think that that is her name. But um, not just adding a black cast member, which is huge for New York, but also um, that they are so much younger. So it is clear that what they are trying to do, actually with all the shows, New York is going to be the one that I think is really going to push the envelope on the new era of um, housewives. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Of younger women and, mm -hmm. and housewives is, and, and I think New York would be an interesting place to do it because none of those housewives, just the nature of New York, no matter how rich they are, none of them sit around because that's just not how New York life is lived. Exactly. Not and in the, the older city. Ones, Maybe uh, if you are up in the suburbs, yes, then you may get into a more traditional idea of housewives. But this is New York City. So that's it's just a different vibe. And it, it always will be no matter who's on the show. Exactly. But with New York, especially bringing in a younger cast now, and New York is the city where there's always a social event going on. Oh, yeah. I noticed with the newer, I mean, the older cast, they had a lot of functions amongst themselves, but you didn't see mm -hmm. them in big parties like you would expect because they're getting older. They're slowing down. They're calming down. Their kids yeah. are now yeah. college and beyond. So they're slowing down. So that's and why I'm it, glad. It also just cast. depends on the place. Like you said, you know, like for instance, Potomac. Now, of course, DC has events all the time, but again, as we discussed before, you got to be an insider. Um, mm -hmm. And even if you do have entree to those events because of money, they would never allow a camera crew yeah. for a reality yeah. show into those major those events. You're not yeah. bringing um, a Real Housewives camera into the Meridian Ball. It's just not going to happen. No. You know, there's there's just certain things that are, are just not going to be done. Yes, or the you community. might be able to do the Black Caucus uh, party. But you know, it was just, yeah. huh? I don't even think they did the party. They just did the hallway for Giselle. Did they do the well, party? Yeah, well, that was because it was based around her business. So mm -hmm. also, they pretty much uh, did like the ex exhibition hall where vendors are. Um, yeah. Now, if any of them, again, it depends on the shift of the ages of the wives. If any of them were involved in some of the uh, coming to like some of those um, parties that are sponsored by the Greeks or anything like that, I, I think they would be fine with allowing cameras in because those parties are um, 
really promoter sponsored parties that are done. And, and I know just from working those parties, they are done with a promoter in conjunction with okay. whoever, like if it's the Kappas, if it's accused, whoever. Um, Cause of course, as we know, those are two of the biggest ones downtown that people go to who aren't getting into, you know, the Maryland ball or the, this or the big, big event that happens on Saturday night in Georgetown where all the stars come and the president and all of that, which if, um, which of course will be a big, big deal if COVID is by the wayside and the events can kick back up again because between the Black Women's Agenda Luncheon uh, and, and having a female vice president who is also Greek and all of the major organizations are represented on the dais there, not to mention the big ball on Saturday night. It's going to be an extra big deal with um, Joe and Kamala. So anyway, right down the uh, rabbit hole and guys, this should tell you that these two episodes were not quite as juicy. Some, some decent character development, but yeah, not mm -hmm. very juicy. Okay, so back to the show. Um, so let's see, Heather, because I pretty much went character by character. Uh, it just seemed to be easier when they were doing these sort of character-driven episodes. So Heather says that she loves Justin and she loves, oh, she was talking to Whitney. And I thought that this conversation was so sweet when she told Whitney that she loves that Justin embraces her where she is, where embraces Whitney where she is. Um, because Whitney is pretty damn young. She is. And actually, when they broke it down even more in terms of Whitney's age now and the fact that she has been with him for 10 years, you factor in her marriage and then that their situation was an affair, that then they took public or whatever. Based on my calculations, Whitney did get married pretty much right out the shoot. Like, had to be like 18, 19 yep. at, the, at the oldest. Because remember when, um, you know, that they're always remarking about her age. And I think that she's like, she's only like 30 or 31. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when you factor in everything, just looking at just the whole thing with her and Justin, she was probably barely out of her teens when they officially got together and divorced their spouses and stuff. But that also means that she uh, was married, you know, damn near a child bride. So, and again, look at where they were with the whole religion situation. So as we know, and I, I'm not going to dwell on too much, it's just, Heather is lonely. And I don't yeah. even know, I don't even know really if it's lonely on the level that like Jen and Meredith are lonely. I think that with Heather, it's almost like, you know, she knows that she's still, um, working through her issues and, you know, it, it seems like this divorce is, is probably, probably within the past two or three years. Um, so she's still going through that and, and we know people deal with stuff in their own time, 
but um, I feel like more the problem is one, and I, I think you and I talked about this. I just don't think she has any confidence. She doesn't. Unfortunately, she doesn't. Um, I I think, especially when you add to even how we saw with her, the goofiness and all of that, I think that her confidence issue is twofold. One, um, she probably, given the women that she's around and stuff and, and given what she does for a living, that may affect her confidence. But I also think the other piece is because she is still coming to terms with who she is and what she wants and what she likes, she goes into every situation projecting that if they're from Utah, they're going to reject her the minute that they find out that she is who she is and she likes what she likes. And that she's a, and everything she puts a divorced Mormon woman. Mm-hmm. You know, because like she says, she's divorced, she drinks, she has three kids. Um, she, uh, you know, and she really does when she's not beating up on herself. Heather is no wallflower. Like she's she's no. got a, a big personality because, in fact, I almost feel like we've seen her shrinking over these past couple of episodes. Yeah, because the first episode, I felt like she was going to be take the lead of the show. Absolutely. I really did. Absolutely. I really did. I felt like in episode one, maybe part of episode two, even though she got on our nerves a little bit with the Lisa thing, but whether even though it may have been a little annoying, it was still her way of standing her ground. I mean, yes. Even when they were at that dinner at the ski lodge, she more or less threw um, Jen under the bus because remember, it was Jen who told her what Lisa was saying. Lisa knew that Meredith didn't tell it. So the only person who could have told it was Jen. And you saw that Jen was sitting next to her like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, so yeah, I agree with you. I I want my Heather back. I think that um and and again, we know depending on how they film this and editing editing it together um in whatever manner gets the where they can tell the story that they're attempting to tell and give us a storyline. This just may be um, what was put together to give her like a story arc. Like we'll see, you know, sort of the caterpillar turn into a butterfly kind of thing, which as long as that happens, I'm good. I just don't want to see like this steady um, decline of her because I it makes me, it doesn't make me dislike her, but it just, um, just brings me down because to me it it is less about loneliness because I don't think she's necessarily lonely. Her girls are young, um, and you know, and she has a bustling business. I think it's more about insecurity, and that that definitely makes me feel sad. It's for yeah. anybody, especially. I mean, because she's pretty. She's around our age, I would gather. Maybe she may be a few years younger, but mm -hmm. I could have sworn she said she was in her uh, late forties. If she's not, she looks it. So yeah, no shade. She just does. <laughs> so, um, Mary, 
we didn't really get much from Mary other than seeing her at her house and, and coming to the fashion show. But, okay, Mary and Charlinda. Charlinda, <laughs> what the hell? So she has somebody living with her who I guess is pretty much the live-in help at this point because the boy certainly doesn't need her. No. Robert, you know, she said Robert, obviously we know she meant Robert Jr. because she said she came and once she met him, she fell in love with him. Um, so I'm assuming that she meant uh, Robert Jr. But Robert Jr. is, I can't even tell at this point because in the earlier episodes, I assumed he was like 15, 16 but then in this episode, I, it seemed like he was coming back from somewhere. And I was like, okay, I, he's not in college. I don't think. I don't think. Maybe he's like a high school senior. Well, yeah, he must be. A, and, and maybe that's why they were talking about that whole um, him. But it's weird, though, because they were talking. Remember, she was talking about sending him away to school and using as the excuse that he wasn't learning anything there. So that doesn't that wouldn't be college because, you know, that's a whole different type of learning. So and just based on the chronology of, you know, when you look at the whole thing of when they got married and all of that. Um, no, I I could have sworn that he was like. It may, he could be that old now. Remember, this show was filmed damn near two years ago. So, but certainly at the point we're on the show was a little confusing. But the bottom line is clearly Charlinda is the maid at this point. But this is the crazy part when she said she's always got to bring in the grandmother. She can't just say my cousin. Charlinda is your cousin. Your grandmother's brother's daughter is also known as your cousin. Now, I don't know if she says it that way to kind of distance herself. Like she is related to my grandmother, but not to me. It's just very strange. But then when she went on and said, um, she helps me. We're not close at all. I don't know anything about her life outside of helping me. Who says that? She wants to separate herself from her, clearly. Well, does she separate herself from the help? Who happens to be your family member? So that's strange to me. I mean, if you want to be that separate, go and hire help. Mm -hmm. Because if you have family in your house, no matter, I mean, now, if you and that person are super duper duper close, then maybe what happens in your house will stay in your house. But if you have family in your house and you and that family don't have a, a like super duper tight situation established, not, and, and in this case, they definitely don't because she wants her to be the help and nothing else then you need to hire some help because if you're trying to make sure that uh, what goes on in your house stays in your house, honey, I can tell you, it don't. Not with family. It does she not. Not with a family member who you don't treat like family. She has no reason to keep stuff to herself. Hey, Farz. Um, so it's it, it was just very strange. So next we go to Jen. 
Jen is in party mode with Stuart. This is when we see her trying to hula hoop on roller skates. I mean, team too much, but at this point, we expect it from Jen. She's having a party as well. I thought this was really cool. Um, the her cousin Tony Benuku is was debuting his documentary, and the the crazy thing is, I I didn't write it down, but the documentary is actually one that we know of. Um, really? Yes, I forget the name of uh, the name of it, but it's it's a documentary that let me see if I could look it up real quick. Um, but is a is a documentary that we know of. Um, now at the party, <laughs> this this was a mess. And I know I'm, I'm about to go in, in lawyer mode to defend my girl, Jen. This, this is a mess. The women's ended. Um, she had, um, okay. When she and when Jen and Mary came face to face. Now, <laughs> it's so funny. When Jen and Mary came face to face and they tried to play nice, but Mary did want to address Jen yelling out that she was a grandpa flugger at the mm -hmm. party. Now, Jen said, I think there's two pieces of this. Jen said that there is um, what the, that she's like, I didn't say it. I don't remember saying, no, she said, I did not talk to you. I didn't say anything to you. I didn't yell anything at you, whatever. I don't remember whatever, whatever. Now, in fairness, we do know that Jen was lit and I, and Jen was clearly lit when she got there because Jen was practically in crying drunk mode when she was going off on Meredith for sitting, sitting with Mary. And we didn't see her drink much more than that before she went outside and she was definitely off her ass outside. So Jen came lit and then we know that these events go on and then they're spliced together. So who knows how many drinks she had once she got there before, you know, they got the scene set right to get the action going. I, yes, she did say it. Now, I will say this. She did not say it to Mary. She did not, as she, she was absolutely right. I did not talk to you. I did not say anything to you. And I did not call you anything. She yelled it out towards Meredith because she was like, I can't believe you're going to hang, going to go back and sit with her. She's a grandpa fucker. Now they all said it. They all heard it. And she definitely said it. She didn't, but she, I will stand on the fact that she did not say anything directly to Mary or have a conversation with her. What say you? She, oh, I say, I agree with you, but you got to remember, she always said, I would never say anything like that. Mm, oh, yeah, no, no, don't get me wrong. I can't, I, I can't defend yeah. her on that. She was wrong. <laughs> she said, yeah, you did. <laughs> But I mean, give credit, like I said, we all could tell, obviously, by her state, but the way they poured yeah. her into the truck when her husband came to pick her up, clearly, you could tell that she was already past Oh, my gosh, tipsy. Yeah. She was past tipsy, 
So it's understandable instead of saying, and that's what her best when she said, I don't remember saying that. Yeah, she, she was never there. there. When she, she said, there. That's when where she, she says, said, I would never say that. That's where she messed up. That is definitely true. Because first of all, based on how she rolls, not only would she say that drunk, but we know that Heffel would say it sober. <laughs> Oh yeah, she she wanted them. She goes for the gut check. So, and I appreciate a gut check person. Uh, that's what, that's and that's what I say. It, it, you know, it. girl, we've talked Damn. about that when it comes to the Monique thing. If you bring a knife to a gunfight, that's on you. Because if you know that there is a fight, you cannot legislate how it goes down. Now, that being said, there was no fight going on. Jen was upset because she was not getting her way in that particular moment, i.e. Meredith basically siding with her to reject being around Mary. And then you add to the fact that she was, uh, she also was feeling rejected about the whole slumber party thing. So that's why I said she was already in crying drunk mode because you know you got several kinds of drunks. She was definitely in crying girl outside the frat house. I can't believe that he doesn't like me anymore mode. And she lashed out. So, I mean, it was messy. These two aren't going to like each other. I'm not, I'm not a Mary fan, but I'm not mad at Mary for just saying, you know what? It is what it is. Fuck it. You know, she said it. And of course, in Mary's position, I would say the same thing. If I were Mary, you said it. You know, you said it. You're a liar. You don't like me. I don't like you. You stay out of my way. I stay out of your way. Plus, she knows she can address it at the reunion. So, well, oh, let's yeah. Have, let's well and we've still got show left to do. So, um, yeah. it, it is, I believe that there is a cast trip to this. And remember, we're only at six and seven. I think, again, as, as we say every time, which is why it drives me crazy. Crazy. They don't have more viewers, but uh, to me, this is still, and I say it every week, the fault of Bravo for having it on Wednesday at 10 after that abysmal yeah. uh, Real Housewives of OC. I I yeah, tried this season. season. I, I'm going to do the reunion because, you know, we all do the reunions, but it, it, it's horrible. Oh, it is awful. It is, there is nothing, I mean, it, it is like watching paint dry. So it was, it, it's almost like, Andy, you talk this Salt Lake City show up big time, you know, last year, all year. And, you know, like I said, it's been, it's been in the can for a long time. He had them at BravoCon, the whole nine yards. And now... You know, and then, of course, doing the pickup shots before the season started, they did mega promotion for this. Even when you go to the Bravo Facebook page, it's the main banner on the page. But then you put it on a day and time where it's like, so did somebody on the executive team piss somebody at, in, uh, at Bravo off in the scheduling department? And they were like, well, we were behind it, but never mind, kill it. Because... <laughs> That is, you know, or I feel yeah. like they put it behind hope because they know if you put it before the OC, people return at ten o'clock. So yeah. I think they hope 
that it makes people turn to OC saying, well, I'll watch OC and let it run into the problem, Salt though, is that it's late. Maybe that strategy would have worked if it, if, um, it came on at nine. But yes, for a lot true. of people, 10 o'clock is, uh, 10 o'clock is late that is big or to stay up to watch a show when the lead in for it is terrible. And then you add to it the fact that, um, you know, regular TV is just not great right now, especially, you know, with the COVID situation and networks having to scramble, you know, we're starting to get some new programming, but it's a lot of it is just starting or won't start until January. So people don't really have as much incentives, incentive to turn their television on at all. And especially not for the damn OC. Well, not network. A lot of people are now watching movies and other stuff now. Yeah. But but when you're leading as OC, you're like, you know what? I guess y'all was trying to put us to sleep or something. Cause well, I that's mean, why a lot of times when we're ready to talk about it, you're like, did you watch it? I was like, I had all intent. I turned on OC at 930 to lead into it because I didn't have anything else to watch. And girl, I, to I, literally, I literally have to set my alarm for 955 because if I'm not doing something else, um, if I have that OC on, forget it. Like oh, I, I, I have to like play my little game on my phone or something. It's terrible. Um, yeah. So her cousin. So like I said, the party. Um, the party was fabulous. I still don't like when she does the draping coming in. She did the same thing that she did for Meredith's party with the mm -hmm. with the draping, and I just maybe it's uh. Maybe it's what they have to use because the wind is blowing so much because they're in snowy weather. Um, so it's more like a tent as opposed to just drapes. But I swear, it, it both at Meredith's party and at this one, when they're coming in, it looks like they're walking a red carpet path through uh, some white sheets on the clothesline. So I, I don't know. But uh, at any rate, parties, the party was fine. I would have went, looked like they was getting it in, mad people there. Um, we see Whitney. Uh, Whitney didn't have very much in this episode besides looking cute. Her hair was the bomb when they did her hair for the show. Um, just I just have in my notes here. She pretty much invited Jen over. Of course, Jen brought up Mary and Whitney's like, I'm not trying to get in it. And the same thing, she was like the person giving advice because she also was the one that told Heather, stop making excuses and just get her booty out there. And then of course, as we saw, Mary, uh, I mean, Heather decided to pick her up a little some chocolate at the party. He was gonna go out there with her anyway. She was looking good, whatever. The cringeworthy flirting was like, Eesh. um. So do you think they actually did something? I don't think they did, but it was I don't a think so thing. because she's too her her she still runs her life too much based on how the Mormon church would respond. So not a first a, a pickup like that one night stand, no. I, I think that's mad at her though. Oh, he, he was cute. There's some kissing and maybe a little heavy petting. A little heavy petting, some kissing, but I don't think she sealed the deal. No. Um, yeah, get her back broke a little bit. I, I wouldn't be mad at it. By the way, what was up with that pink shoe that Mary held up to wear to the party? 
Look, I don't I, even. I, I stop paying attention to who's what designer she's wrecking on a regular basis. The fashions that she claimed to be fashions are dreadful, and I am taking that from Dwight from Atlanta, the Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, I'm, Dwight, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking she's at the sample sales now. Don't you know? Hey, I still am not. Uh, neither well I can neither fit them nor afford them so I will say that however if I could on either front you know because I go to a sample sale my issue oh, yeah, is don't wear all the damn samples at the same time that's like going to freaking Joanne's Fabrics and walking down an aisle going I like this I like this I like this and I like this which I have done for various functions, but I don't put them all on what on the table and make the tablecloth all the fabric I picked up that day. Exactly. You do a piece here, a piece there. Yeah. I mean, and then when she was over off to the side dancing and whatever, and then all the jewelry, I'm like, girl, she wears jewelry like somebody's grandmother. And, and it actually made me think of my grandmother who was an evangelist and in the church and the whole thing. And I'm like, oh my God, she is wearing jewelry like, you know, another older woman I know that preaches. So we jump into episode seven. Episode seven was pretty much all about, um, all about the fashion show. And then we did get, you know, we talked about the stuff with Heather and um, we did get some messiness, a little bit, with Jen talking to a couple of the girls. Who was who was she talking to? I can't remember. Um, uh, I, I, I must have, was it Heather? I think it was either, it was like Heather and Whitney. It was like their crew. It was either yeah. Heather and Whitney or maybe just Heather. But Jen definitely was kind of putting it not so subtly in the atmosphere that she thought she thinks that Meredith has another man. What do you think about that? I, I just don't give Meredith that much credit, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I know she's. You know, I always think she, she comes off as high, so you know I'm, I'm on a whole other yeah. thing when it comes to Meredith. <laughs> yeah, I don't give her that much credit being that crafty to have a whole another man. I don't. I just think that she really doesn't know if she wants to stay with the man she is with right now. So mm -hmm. she asked him to give her space because she's on the fence that she doesn't know. She, even though, didn't we say before though in another conversation, he's the one that initiated the separation? I can't actually, I can't remember, but I do know just from behind the scenes tea, and of course we can mention it again because it was weeks and weeks ago, people may not remember, that um, and again, we know that this was filmed. Okay, so what are we? We're 2020 now. This was filmed like winter 2019. So like the Sundance they're at, and San Sundance is usually um, uh, Sundance is actually right around the Grammys. And I know that again because of Monet, because usually she's either flying from Sundance to the Grammys or from the Grammys to Sundance. Um, okay, so, so, that, so that sort of so the Grammys is usually like the week before Super Bowl Sunday, right? It's usually like the last week in January. 
So this sun, so we're talking early 2019, at least for the Sundance stuff. Now, it's my understanding that they did, I've seen the paperwork, they did file for um, divorce. And oh. I just can't remember who did the filing in August of 2019. That petition was actually withdrawn in December of 2019. Now, whether that means they are really making a true attempt at reconciliation or if they are just kind of leaving, leaving it open-ended because of the show, um, I guess that remains to be seen because I do believe that this show, and I um, and I think I'm right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, I do believe this show was supposed to air sooner. This and Potomac. Oh yeah, this was supposed to air in March, April, yeah. wasn't it? Supposed Absolutely. To um, excuse me. And I, that, yeah, it was, it was supposed to air in like March. Yes, and this show and Potomac were both um, were both pushed out uh, again to give some programming that didn't have everybody walking around all masked up because of course as we know any shows pretty much from this point forward is going to be done within the context of COVID which of course really impacts the housewives because most of what they do is they have scenes set up where they meet out places or have yeah. these functions, big or small, or the cast trip. Because even with Atlanta, so much is made out of the trip that they took to uh, for Cynthia's Bachelorette because of the fact that you were dealing with COVID. So anywhere where they went, you had to kind of make a thing out of it. So, cause I think they went to Charleston because again, they can't leave the country. Yeah, they had to make the most of it yeah. and stretch like that's going to probably be multiple episodes when we see the bachelorette party because of- Oh, there's no guys. doubt that that's going to be, yeah. I mean, it seems to me that that is really, um, it's my understanding um, from just what I've read on on all the blogs and everything that the Real Housewives of Atlanta is gonna kind of be what it is now for the first four weeks. It doesn't really pick up until around week five, and that is on their first trip. I don't know if it is the one involving the Cynthia piece because. In the episode last week, it still seemed like they were kind of at the beginning of planning. But yeah. um, I think that they go away twice. Uh, but neither of them are out of the country because of COVID. Um, these ladies, if they took a trip, which I do believe they did, they obviously have the money to go anywhere, even if Bravo wasn't going to pay for it. And two, they were pre-COVID. But um it, it's yeah, so I do think that this was one of the ones that was pushed out. Oh, now, no, this and um, Potomac was both pushed no, out. Potomac Part of also pushed out. Bravo because... said that they pushed, Bravo pushed it out also because they didn't know when they could start filming new episodes for new shows, so they had to space out what you have to still keep people exactly. We know for sure, yeah. But when Potomac wrapped up, because literally the wrap mm -hmm. for Potomac in real time 
it was they didn't even have they didn't even do it out of sequence the way they do sometimes with other stuff. The the lat the final filming, other than I'm sure pickup shots and their um confessionals for Potomac was Robin's party, exactly the way the mm -hmm. season ended. Because by the time the end of the end of December came and the two ladies went to court and the charges got dropped, they were already done with filming. So they so the whole issue of being around each other and all that was no longer an issue because the fight happened in late October. So they only had like a good month and a half left of whatever they were going to film anyway. Um, which as we know, pretty much the only things that were eventful was the Portugal trip, I guess was already coming up. And then other than the trip, you had Karen's party and then Robin's party. And that was it. Now, yeah. Um, fashion week, we, we already talked about it. One track suit. The, I, I wrote mm. down a note where he said that there's no better name for his fashion line other than Brooke Marks. And as I said on Twitter, I suppose that would be true if somebody knew who you were. I mean, I had this conversation with somebody on Facebook um, where she said she was opening up a clothing store or whatever. And she had all these um, people saying, what should they name it? And everybody was saying her name and I, I won't say her name, but you know who she is. And they were saying her, you know, like so-and-so's closet or this and that. And I said, nothing uses using your name makes sense because nobody knows who you are. So why would you be, so why would somebody go to a store named after you because if we don't know you, then we also don't know that you are allegedly an authority on past on fashion. So, exactly. you know, so Brooke Marks. So I came up with a name for it. I think it he the name and it would be fly on the logo. It should be TFMF tracksuits for mommy's friends. Cause that's the only <laughs> thing that's going by. So <laughs> They're they're local. They're going to be a local. They're sold in one local store until he gets manufacturing, it which was I a mean, basic tracksuit. Like it wasn't. I nothing mean, to I don't recall yeah. like were there any stripes on the pants? I mean, <laughs> there were stripes on the side of the legs because his pants had. He wore the same pants as the other people. Only his top did. was a little it different. Was like he put some strips on his because somebody yeah. even said it. Like some little look like masking tape. Yeah, um, on the front of his sweatshirt or his jacket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Heather, we talked about still struggling with the divorce. I will say the one scene I liked with Heather because other stuff was boring. I did like the scene between her and her kids where once she opened up to them, she realized that I wasn't talking to my kids and my kids were straight. My kids yeah. are admiring me and I'm thinking I'm letting them down and I'm glad that she had that moment with them because um, they actually, she, I think that that may even be a key to her um, letting go. And she did say that that lifted a weight. So I did like seeing that. I thought that, again, I found that to be a very genuine because Heather's kids are just straight up. They not trying to be on some little pretty girl stuff or whatever. Like Heather's one daughter is like straight up gangster. I mean, they just, uh, the one that's dating the wannabe rapper. Yes. 
Um, Lisa spending family time with her family because, you know, she doesn't answer the phone when she's doing Sundance, which is so, like, girl, ain't nobody that damn busy. Like, exactly. now, like, don't fire, but you ain't going to answer the phone. First of all, if my kids know that I'm working, and especially if it's something where I make a big thing out of it around the house, so they know, even if I'm doing a party, they know that obviously my attention needs to be on the party. So if they call me, my immediate thought is something must have happened. So exactly, yeah, like otherwise, why would they call you or why would their dad let them call you or whatever? So that, you know, uh, and, and I'm, I'm sure it was all like set up because you had the cameras in the house showing the kids calling her. So clearly um, it was some kind of little thing just to point out, oh, I'm so busy. I can't even answer the phone. But I was still like, whatever. Um, so they talk about what they want to do better. Um, the husband says 90% of their time together spent working. Um, I don't think he's happy about that. Uh, he always seems beat down and tired to me. I, I mean, I don't know if it's the work or it's her, but he just, again, he just seems like the long suffering spouse to me. And, and maybe yeah. just that maybe he's just that kind of person. Maybe he is an Eeyore kind of guy. I don't know, but, and, and I don't think so. Cause he seems like he's nice. Like he, just, he seems, he definitely seems nicer than her, and infinitely patient. <laughs> maybe, and it could be that he's his way that he wants to be portrayed on reality TV. That he's just coming off as very even kill. Yeah, and and you know yeah. what, he may be because someone like her would need that, or or the relationship wouldn't work. I mean, exactly. not that two type A's can't be together, but um, when One's gonna have to defer. Yeah. type A to the point of being jittery, borderline nasty, it, you, no, that's not going to work. Because the One other person, person has to defer. is going yep. to tell you on a regular basis that you're pissing them off. Because it's one thing for us both, it, for us to be a, a little stubborn about some things, but it's another thing to be nasty. And I get the impression, and she's pretty much let it slip a little bit that she can be nasty. Remember, she said she threw a ring out the window. Yeah. Yeah, Lisa, he has no choice but to defer to her. Yeah, she's he lying. Does. He has to, I mean, he realizes just easier, happy wife, happy life. That's where he's at in life. Now, this is the other thing, and, and I, I put this in, I had to ask you, because I'm trying to figure it out. Are they moving in the house or moving out the house? Sorry, guys, that's my printer again. Are they moving in the house or moving out the house? Because I swear, something, <laughs> it always seems like everything is just, like everything has just been taken out of boxes or about to be put in boxes. Like, I, I don't get how they live where if you've got some, you claim this premium tequila brand and you are the queen of whatever it um it's just weird and it's i you know i feel a little bad you know when we comment on these people's houses and stuff because none of our houses are perfect but damn it if you put yours on tv you know we're gonna talk about it there you go exactly when you decide to put your house on yeah, tv you know and you got it. 
And you got one couch, and that's it. Claudia Jordan, season what on Real Housewives Atlanta? I'm sorry. No, we do yeah. know in it, it with Claudia Jordan. Truth be told, we knew that she never lived in Atlanta. She moved there to be a part she of the came show, there just to be on the show. So yeah. she probably just got a quick rental in time for the filming, and on top of that. I don't, not only did she come there just for the show, I think she was a last minute addition to the show. Because remember, mm -hmm. leading up to that, you didn't even hear anything about her being on the show, and then all of a sudden she was. Now, side note, speaking of Claudia, Claudia is doing the damn thing on that Yes, she is. I channel. love her on that. Basically yes, I do love her on that. the queen of that channel. She has the show with the women. I, I actually prefer the show that she does with um, Funky Doniva and oddly enough, Al Reynolds. Now I could take or leave Al Reynolds, but of course you mm. and I love Funky and- um, Yeah. But I, I just think that she is great. She's a great balance between shade and just- Knowledge. She's, yes, yeah. she's definitely knowledgeable. I think she's smarter than people have given her credit for. Um, and I, I also find her to be a good, um, like a good mediator person, like a good person, yeah. things moving along. Um, and, and she, and I've, in the interviews that she's done, that she has done have been quite good as well. So good on her. I mean, yeah, and, like that show didn't work out for her, but it gave her a platform to move on to other ventures. Cause then didn't she do, um, what you call it? Um, What's that? Um, multiple shows. I think so people have been determined yeah. to give her a talk show. It was just a matter yeah. of finding the right chemistry because she was on, she, uh, when Tiny had the talk show, she was one of the people that Tiny called. Remember that? Yep. And then, Ricky Smiley, um, what's that that he does? Not the Ricky Smiley show, but what's that other show they do afterwards oh, with Portia? Um, the one that Portia's on, yes. Portia's on, yeah. He did, she um, did that for a little bit. And she's good. And then remember there was that reality show, um, I think Carlos King did it and it was like her in New York and a couple of other people and they were like trying to put together the talk show. The talk show never came to fruition but the person who ended up getting a gig out of it was Claudia Jordan. It was, yeah. um, who was it? I think uh, uh, Laura, Laura Govan was, was on there. Cause it seems yeah. like she be getting more gigs than Gloria but Gloria always, fighting with her baby daddy so she'll have well, no, more Laura's more personable she has more charm she has more character I well, like Laura Govan and Laura at the end of the day got a lot of kids to support I mean yep. I don't think that her children are the only ones that Gilbert has and she has what four maybe four five with Gilbert. Got a minimum of four, four. she has four with Gilbert mm -hmm. she has four with Gilbert I don't think that those are the only ones that he has and he comes off as the type of ignorant that the money is going to run out long before the kids are of age. So she got to keep a hustle on. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's basically you just described her story. Yep. Because, I mean, I've seen Laura out here doing everything from um, we've seen her on Ayala. We've seen her on this and that. I mean, Addison and I went to a basketball game when um, – Master P and them were trying to do that basketball league and hell, she was playing on a basketball team. Yep. Well, she grew up playing basketball. Funny enough, that I mean, and, yep. and, you know, and she is no small woman. Like, I mean, shapely and beautiful, but she's another. Beautiful. Like, don't let her roll up on you in a dark alley. 
Oh no, she she she'll she'll take it. Oh no, <laughs> no, no, no. Although, and that's you know, it, going back just real quick because we're about to wrap this up. But speaking of her, it cracks me up when I think back to what was that like? Literally, episode one, episode um, one of LA. LA. Yep. With Malaysia tried, now she just being straight up hood and whatever. She's in Atlanta, so she just doing her whole living her whole big booty Instagram thought life. But yeah, I watch and, I follow her too. <laughs> but she was trying to be a little when she remember when she I mean she still got teeth that are big, but remember when she had those veneers that were the size of needies when yes. she first started. And I, I I still remember that Gloria might Laura might have been big, but Malaysia Molly whopped her behind. Well, yeah, but she caught her off guard too, and she took that shoe she off too. She and so she never that shoe. And as I, if I recall, she had just had the baby because remember yes. that they were talking about that she was feeling some kind of way because she had just had that baby. But off guard or not, that but see when you little, that's what you got to do. You got to take every advantage. Yep. Oh no, Malaysia's <laughs> from the street. She's from the neighborhood, so yeah. Malaysia realizes that I will pick up whatever I need to win well, a fight. But us tiny girls was always told because I know that that's what I was told from day one. You pick up anything you can find and knock them upside the head. So, and that's I only had to do it once, but other well, I used my lunchbox when I was in school. That's why they call me, you know, some of the guys from our lady call me lunchbox on Facebook. But <laughs> anyway, so just to wrap this up. Um, we talked about this earlier that Lisa's husband tells her she needs to focus more on them. And she basically gave him the hand, like literally and figuratively. She was just like, um, all right, bro, you know, we good. So, <laughs> um, and, and just told him she plans to be a billionaire in five years and what, I mean, okay, you do you. Um, ultimately it was... We saw a little insight. They got to give everybody insight to the home so that we get to know the women. The more we're invested in them, it's helpful to them to keep the show going. Um, like I said before, and you've seen because I've posted them, Heather, Whitney, and Jen, very active on social media. They will like, they will respond, they will heart. And that's really what they got to do because this show, um, Getting a Season 2, is really going to be driven by the fans who strongly support it. I will say that every Black uh, blogger, blogger that I watch on YouTube who don't usually do the predominantly white shows and said that they were just going to check this out when it first started and that they weren't going to do it uh, anymore. Every single one of them have not stopped doing this show. Even Funky Donnie because he was like, I don't know. I don't know what... Please, by episode three even, he was like, uh, these Salt Lake City girls is bringing it. Yes. Oh, yeah. He still loves them. Yep. Yeah. I just think that, yeah, because you're going to have characters you love and hate on every show. I just think they've got to deal with um, the time slot, the audience. And and of course, we yeah, also know that, they, that it's it's a little 
funky with knowing exactly who's watching because also you have the fact that people I think that the DVR thing they can track but even with the DVR my understanding because I remember this from another show um you remember this because we put it out there on the page that in order to catch the numbers for DVR it has to be watched within the first 24 hours you did say that you did. Yeah. So it's, it's something, so there's, so they can catch those numbers, but there's still something with that as well. And, you know, and that's a tough one because if you take something at, that comes on at 10 o'clock at night, um, if it's something that you like, but you just kind of watch in passing, then you probably aren't going to get around to it until the weekend. I mean, unless yep. something big happened the week before and, and and they really promote it and hype it up. Like, let's say if it was something like the Real Housewives of Potomac fight. Yes. If you DVR that on Sunday night, if you got time on your way to work Monday morning, you're going to watch that. Or better yet, just watch it on the Bravo app on your phone, on the Metro or whatever. You're going to watch that. Um, but... Uh, when a show is just starting out, you, there's just so many factors in, involved in how you put it out there. Um, and it would just, it would just really be a shame for this not to get a season two, because these women brought it even up to this point. If nothing else happens for the next five or six episodes, because I don't think it's going to go any more than about 12, which is typical for a first season show with Bravo. Um, they brought it. Hell, they they, oh. they gave it to the people episodes one through five. If 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 they didn't, if they co six through twelve, then whatever. They, they oh, I definitely think it's going to pick up. I just think that they're, they're unfortunately Andy's using them and they're being the sacrificial lamb that he's trying to get extra ratings to OC OC, and they're being the sacrificial lamb of that, thinking like, okay, we'll have them back to back so that one gives credit to the other. And it's not working. And instead of changing it, because you know sometimes mid-season they will change a day if they realize well, it's not working. Yeah, because remember they they, they moved married to married Mexican. to around. They they <laughs> moved it uh randomly to Friday night, and by the end of that season they had to put it back because I mean people were like we're just not watching, and there will be a void. I mean Potomac ends tonight. Now, yeah. I don't know because sometimes I hope they don't. I, the Potomac, when we're done, we just need to be done. Um, I don't know if they're going to do any of those um, on behind the scenes crap yeah, and but... all of that. It's possible because just no, I'm done with the them. fact I'm that we're in the holiday weeks, because it's, I'm actually surprised they're showing it, but they got to catch. But, you know, I get that they got it, that they're probably pushing through because between what's going on in real life right now and everything that's been built up on the show. And then you have where they keep showing that flash of Chris getting up, which we know is not going to be what Jamal tried to say it was, because if it was, we would have heard about it by now. There's no way that he would have been on there, you know, attacking and whatever. So, Anywho, I am going to wrap this up in a couple of quick things uh, for everyone. And I hope that, as always, you enjoy co-host Sharita because she will continue to be here on our Housewives journey. Yeah. Yay, you got your so you got to give me your applause. Yay. So... <laughs> 
And um, and other than that, just some great stuff coming up. So I'm just, and Sharita doesn't even know about this, so it's a big surprise. So a couple of things. I am going to drop some nuggets tonight about some scoop from the Real Housewives of Potomac. So those who are not on the FNDD and haven't heard about this, I'll give you a sneak peek about the Real Housewives of Potomac. Word on the street is that contracts are out. Contracts were delivered Christmas. Ooh, so we heard on the street directly from Momo because somebody went on her page and was like, contracts went out. So did she get fired or did she get contracts? Something like that. And she said something to the effect of uh basically, did she get a contract? Yes. Oh, I, she's too hot not to. But word on the street also is that Wendy did not. And that's and if it was just media takeout that said that, you know, that's trash. We wipe our butt with that one. But um, it's some other places are saying that as well. So the Wendy thing, I'm not going to take to the bank, but definitely it's, it's been reported uh quite a bit, mostly bloggers, of course, but we're also in, in Christmas week that those contracts, and we know that the contracts come out during or immediately after the reunion and theirs was stretched out. So um, it is entirely possible that that is true. And um, the whole, th and, and it's, and the whole thing with, I'm not going to film and whatever, as you and I discussed, candy carries way more juice than any of the women ever have or ever will. And when she even, that didn't even fly when she said that she wasn't going to film with Portia. And that wasn't a rumor. We heard her say it multiple times every time she was interviewed that she refused to film with Portia. But guess what? And don't get I don't blame her for not trying not wanting to film Portia because that was a whole other level of shit that what Portia and uh, Yeah, like she said, you started messing with my brand, my money, yeah. my but, income. But the bottom line is when they got them call sheets about where they had to show up, whoever was there was there. And if you and if you had to be in a scene with them, even if that meant you sat there with your mouth tooted up and having an attitude, then that's then that would be what the storyline was, but your ass was in that scene. Exactly. Now she may not have wanted to speak to her. She may have ignored her apologies and given her her ass to kiss or whatever. And that's fine. And yep. Kent can do the same thing and hell, then that'll just be your storyline whenever Monique is around. That's fine. And if Monique, she's not going to let you bait her a second time. Keep your mouth shut and you won't, and Monique is not going to let her bait her a second time either. No. You got me that one time. We saw what we are seeing at the reunion is pretty much how she intends to handle it. Yep. Because the fear is no longer there anymore because she knows if she wants the job, because just because you you get the contract doesn't mean you got to do it. But if she wants it, she has it. So she's good with the network. I am sure that they will probably make her sign something that says if there is another incident, then it's an automatic out because I can't imagine that they didn't tell Portia the same thing after fight number three. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love Portia, though. But, and Portia know, got another show, so they clearly like uh, Portia. And that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, they all of that, like you don't condone violence. Of course you condone violence. New, the, the Real Housewives of New Jersey came on talking about violence before the violence even started because they tried to act like they, you know, Caroline Manzo walking around like she'd freaking mob wives. And then behind the scenes, turns out they are all mobbed up because that whole thing with um, Dina's husband, that mm -hmm. is jumping off right now. In fact, the dude, he's probably going down because one of the dude that was supposedly hired, remember I, I reported that the, the, he hired a guy to, or got a favor from a guy to beat up the dude that Dina is with now. And yeah. in return for that, he gave them a big discount on his wedding reception at the Brownstone, where damn near the whole Lucchese crime family were there. And that guy... Um, is going to be one of the things that I talk about. That guy uh, just pled guilty. Ooh. So, yeah. So we'll see if or not. Now, he may not because, again, you know, uh, it was only an assault. And usually, unless they got him on some other stuff, he's probably not going to be a rat and risk his life for, a, a, you know, an assault charge. Mean he'll take in charge. He might get a year yeah. or he might get suspended, depending on what his record looks like. He'll get a suspended sentence. Exactly. I mean, and, and even if he does go down, it, it won't be for long. He didn't kill yeah. him. You know, it's he, a year. He might go in for a couple months, a year, Max. Exactly. So, um, but uh, Manzo, Dina's ex-husband, is still, his charges are federal. So he's charged with like racketeering and whatever, whatever. Now, I think what's going on with him is they're probably trying to force his hand with the charges that they have given him because of his connections, because obviously he knows people and not only does he know them, but he is he's in good with them enough that he could even ask for a favor. Yep. You can't, you don't, you don't just walk up and ask people or ask them for favors. Even if you're giving them something in return, it doesn't matter. You it's, it's just not done. So, um, so, you know, and the fact that all the mofos was at the reception, had a 500 people reception. Cause you know, they, they do it big. So, um, yeah, so that's going to be one to watch. So that brings me to my announcement. So given the response, especially when I go over cases, and I really enjoy it, uh, especially with Shia LaBeouf, and we have so many cases that are jumping off now. Um, I have a whole episode uh, ready to go on the Erica Jane thing, and I am going to reveal some interesting stuff uh, given um, Chris Samuels cease and desist to Jamal Bryant that had exhibits and it also gives us some insight into exactly the rights that the housewives and the husbands sign away so that is going to be really good so what I'm doing is I'm launching a whole new segment it's going to be <clears throat> it's going to be weekly and it's going to be called Just Jonda's LBD 
And it's not LBD for little black dress. It is LBD for legal breakdown. So you will get a weekly legal breakdown on the top cases going on, whether they're celebrities or some other things, be uh, some other mm. cases of note. So in addition to, and this is all on the Let's Be Honest channel. So in addition to us talking about the housewives and the other news and politics and all the fun stuff we do, you will get a special episode dedicated specifically to breaking down um, any cases that we're interested in that are going on. We also have um, the Tasha K and Cardi B case. Uh, the Jeffree Star case is, is heating up and getting really nasty. Um, the Johnny Depp case, which is, which is actually here in Virginia. The case with him and Amber Heard? Yes, he is suing. Oh, wow. He is still suing. <laughs> I thought that was done by now. No, just the UK case is done. There is still oh. a California case and Virginia case. Oh my good God. Yes. So that will that won't end. And that has the potential to get juicy because based on some of the things that he is alleging, I was just reading uh some documents the other day that said that a lot of his former paramours may be forced to testify or at least give information about their relationships. And then of course, we know that the Shia LaBeouf uh, situation, even though I gave you know quite a bit of information on that, that was just an initial filing. The Erica Jane and Tom Girardi situation gets if you can believe it, literally gets bigger and bigger every day. I am at the point where I feel like I'm going to have to be like the police that put a thing on the wall with the little string going back and forth. It is crazy. So that is going to be lots of fun. And as Sharita knows that, you know, uh, breaking down that stuff uh, is something that I really enjoy because I enjoy making sure that everybody understands it because a lot of this stuff is written deliberately to make it confusing for the average person. Well, it's not really that confusing if you have the right person making it fun and telling you all about it. So what do you think, Sharita? I think that's awesome. Well, me, we, you and I, we do this all the time anyway, where exactly. we'll talk about the legality. So that's basically now everybody else gets to hear a conversation you and I have. So I'm looking forward to it. Exactly. I was going to say, it's, it's, it's what we do anyway. So, I, well, thank you again for coming on. And well, thank you for having me. I'm sorry? I said, thank you for having me. Of course. Hello. So stay on for a second while we just say goodbye to everybody. So remember, you can find me where ever uh, you listen to your podcast, if you are on Apple, make sure, or iTunes, make sure that you go over there and you give us five stars and a review. If you want to follow me or communicate with me, feel free to do that on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Be Honest JJ. That's L-E-T-S B-E-H-O-N-E-S-T-J-J for Just Jonda, or you can come over to Facebook and join us on the Fashion and Drama Diaries, and all of those links will be in the comment section, or you know, you've done this before. And also, there is a new um, 
podcast site and I just got notification that we are on there as well. And this is a podcast site that I believe is done by Google. So it's called Verbal. So we will be over there as well. I'm finishing up setting up the page and just lots of good stuff coming up, not just this week, but going into the new year because you're going to get your first episode possibly even two because there's so much going on of just John as LBD starting this week with the Erica Jane situation and also the Chris Samuels, Jamal Bryant fallout from the Real Housewives of Potomac. Other than that, as I always say, if you're thinking about it and want to talk about it, chances are I'm thinking about it and I want to talk about it with you. So let's be honest together. Bye-bye. Tell everybody bye, Sharita. <laughs> bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And we're going to go out with some of this new music I found just for this particular Housewives show because I just think that it's a little fun. It makes me think about skiing. <laughs> <laughs>